This is Theremin 30. 30 minutes of Theremin music, news, events, and interviews with a new episode about every 30 days. Now, here's your host from Denver, Colorado, USA, Rick Reed. Hey, welcome to the November 2023 episode of the Theremin 30 podcast. For the next half hour, I've got some new and not-so-new theremin music from around the globe. I think we can all agree that the theremin is an unconventional instrument that can be used to play conventional music. On past episodes, we've heard jazz, pop, rock, classical, and other familiar styles. This time around, though, I'm going to feature some unconventional music. Ambient, experimental, and improvisational performances that take the theremin in some interesting and unusual directions. We'll hear recordings by Eric Ross, Chris Conway, and Peter Whitehouse. And my special guest this month is Andrew Levine from Hamburg, Germany. He has several new albums out, and we'll be talking about how he recorded one of them during his concert tour of Portugal earlier this year. And I do want to mention up front that the music selections for this episode were a bit too long to neatly fit in the 30-minute format of this show, so I'll be playing excerpts from the full-length recordings. To get our sonic journey started, let's go back to the future. From the 2014 Eric Ross album, Music From The Future, here is a track called Pluto's Court.
We started the show with a track called Pluto's Court from the 2014 Eric Ross album Music from the Future for Theremin and Ensemble. If you aren't familiar with Eric, be sure to check out my interview with him in the June 2019 episode of Theremin 30. After that, I played Theremin Immersion, a brand new track from Chris Conway. It's from his Theremin Ocean Dreams album, which is actually a stripped-down reworking of his Deep Ocean Dreams album. Chris edited a single version exclusively for this podcast. After the break, I've got the Theremin 30 calendar of events and another dreamy experimental theremin performance from Peter Whitehouse. Then later in the show, I'll interview Andrew Levine about his new album, Quadruple Quadrature Questions. So stay tuned. The Theremin 30 podcast is supported by affiliate programs with Eargasm Earplugs, eBay, Reverb, and Zounds. When you follow these links and banners on our website, a portion of any purchases you make will help keep this show in the ether. So start shopping at theremin30.com. It's time now for a look at the Theremin 30 calendar of Theremin events. On Thursday, November 23rd, Charlotte Dubois has a concert in Turquois, France. On Saturday, November 25th, the Radio Science Orchestra performs at the National Space Center in Leicester, England. On Sunday the 26th, Supernormal are on stage in Portland, Maine, USA. On December 2nd, Torvald Jorgensen performs with the Kassel State Orchestra in Kassel, Germany. It's the first of several concerts there featuring film score music. On December 16th, Miss Terry performs holiday music with organist Jan Willem Doctor in Aarhus, Germany. And on December 17th, Electric Storks are performing in Rotterdam, Netherlands. For details about these events and many more, check out the interactive calendar on theremin30.com. If you have a theremin-related event you'd like me to list on the calendar, send me a note with all the details. You can reach me with the contact form on the Theremin 30 website. Peter Whitehouse of Brisbane, Australia, is a relative newcomer to the theremin, but he has already shared some really interesting experimental recordings on his SoundCloud page. Here's an ambient drone piece he calls Stretched Cacophony.
That was Stretched Cacophony by Peter Whitehouse. You can find more of his experimental theremin recordings on SoundCloud under his username Wonko42. Right after this break, I chat with Andrew Levine, so stay right where you are. Hey, this is Rick Reed, producer and host of the Theremin 30 podcast. Did you know that you can advertise with Theremin 30? You can place banner ads on the website or even get a commercial played right here in the middle of the show. It's a great way to promote products, services, and events to the Theremin community. And honestly, this show does not have a huge audience, at least not yet. But that means it doesn't cost much to get involved. You can find rates and details at theremin30.com. Andrew Levine is an experimental electronic recording artist based in Hamburg, Germany. He has at least six albums out this year, including one called Quadruple Quadrature Questions. I caught up with Andrew a few weeks ago to ask a few questions of my own. Andrew Levine, thank you so much for being on the Theremin 30 podcast. Yeah, thanks for the invitation, Rick. I'm happy to be here. You have some of the most interesting and different music that I've ever played on the show. I don't know if you'd call it new music or experimental. What's the word you give for the style of music you play? Well, I usually say free improvised music, but there is actually so many potential names for that. (laughs) (laughs) The first one actually talking about this kind of music was Karl-Heinz Stockhausen, and he called it intuitive music. What does that mean to you? Well, it means to me that basically you go into a concert or a recording session with like no preconceived ideas. The only thing you will definitely talk about is how long you're going to be playing and maybe who's going to stop. But sometimes even that is not defined. There are no rules other than the length of the performance? Yeah, there are really no rules. You would listen to what is happening. You listen to what happens when you try to play the instrument. (laughs) I mean, we all know the theremin, so especially if you try to use the full range, so maybe like five or six octaves or something, Mm -hmm. then the techniques that are developed for what I call theremin plus, so just using the theremin to determine the pitch and using my other hand to mix different timbres in real time, you don't really know what you're going to be getting. I mean, you know, this is going to be a high note, this is going to be a low note, this is going to be somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. But depending on which theremin you play, is it the ether wave or is it the Clara Vox, which is quite linear? You play the open theremin too, don't you? Yeah, I play the open theremin. And that's also really nice for, for traveling because it's really small, as everyone knows. Mm-hmm. And it's quite a good theremin and the calibration function works well, although sometimes it drifts. But with this kind of music, you can basically also depend a bit on what you get from the instrument. The thing is that if you try to listen to what is happening with your fellow musicians, and if you just like see what you get from the instrument, you're going to find, hopefully, (laughs) find the direction Mm. that you want to move in. And then you just take that direction. And then possibly you pick up something that you hear somewhere else or you contrast it. You try to develop a small melody just because you feel like it. You might quote something. I mean, why not? You just try to keep an open mind and see where the music will take you. 
Did you start out with more traditional mainstream music education? Yeah, so I've been playing the violin since I was about six years of age. And then at some point I started singing. Mm. And when I was about 17, 18, I spent one year in the United States on a scholarship in McLean, Virginia. Went to a school with like a lot of music possibilities and I was in a choir and in an orchestra. And choir was just like so much easier. <laughs> you didn't have to practice so much. Nobody expects a singer to train for six hours a day and that's the normal time you have to spend playing the violin. So I gradually drifted from violin towards singing. Then I started taking singing lessons and enjoyed that very much. And when I came across the theremin, it came like across my path several times, watching some YouTube video or something. And in 2010, I decided to just go ahead and buy one. And I got the Etherwave Plus because I thought, well, it has this interesting possibility of also taking out control voltages and using that for something. I didn't have any idea what it was about, actually. <laughs> <laughs> at that point. <laughs> but I thought, oh, I'm going to keep my options open. And the moment I set up the theremin, the moment it had like warmed up and I was able to do something, I realized why it made sense to have studied violin that long and have studied voice because it's like so close. You have to be able to correct quickly when you're like slightly off or more than slightly off. And you have to phrase in a way that is like a vocalese, like when you're singing. So all of these things helped me. But of course, I still came from a background of written music. So you have a sheet of music and you can read it and you can just play it with a violin. You can sing it, whatever. Now, you've had a really busy year. You did a tour of Portugal and recorded uh, several performances and put that out as an album. You've got a new album out, Quadra... <laughs> it's Quadruple Quadrature Questions. And what does that <laughs> title mean? Well, we're four people asking all kinds of questions, and we were like set up in kind of like a square-shaped arrangement. And stuff was just like bouncing around from one to the other. And I just had this idea that, oh, this sounds like a crazy title for the crazy music that mm -hmm. is like behind that. Now, was this recorded in a studio? Yeah, I was in Lisbon uh, the end of April. So I did like some solo concerts and then I went to Porto for one. I came back to Lisbon and Ernesto, the alto player, picked me up on May 1st, <laughs> which was actually not that easy because there was a demonstration going on in the middle of town and he got out of his car and waved at me and I saw, oh, okay, that must be the guys. <laughs> so there was two of us, Ernesto Rodriguez, the alto player, and Bruno Parinha, he plays bass clarinet. And we drove for a while to a small studio outside of Lisbon that is owned by Flack. And he's a guitar player who comes from the rock music, but he's grown tired of rock music and is very much interested in trying something new and finding new things and working with the experimental music scene. Yeah, and he has a small studio, which is quite cramped. <laughs> and then you have more than just your theremin in your corner of the room. This was a more reduced set because I was flying. I took the open theremin, 
I took a small modular rig because the open theremin has these beautiful control voltage outputs so you can do a lot of stuff with that and I took the stereo field I took a cracker box and I took the Zoma pipe microphone on this trip. The stereo field, it's got like circles with metal contacts that you touch with your fingers. It's actually like a cracker box, a double cracker box and steroids, more or less. Well, I'll have to have listeners look up a cracker box. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something that <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> defies definition, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's actually the first circuit bending instrument, which was developed in the 1970s. And you have these six touch plates that you can connect with your fingers and basically you become part of the circuit. So I really like that disparity between the theremin where you don't touch and the crackle box and the stereo field where you do touch because if you don't there is like nothing happening. And you can use the stereo field to make all kinds of crazy noises but you can also use it to create control voltages. You can also use it to process audio it's an amazing uh, instrument. Do you use hand signals or is there any other way that you can communicate with the fellow musicians at, while you're recording and while you're performing? Well, mostly you just listen very, very attentively to what's going on because that's also an indicator if you're like being too loud. I mean, you, you're supposed to be able to listen to everything that's happening. So. Ernesto, he plays like very, very gentle stuff on his alto. So he's like fiddling along or like, I don't know, using the, the wood from his bow to make like very, very soft sounds. And then there is uh, Bruno. He's making louder or softer sounds with the bass clarinet. And then there's the electronics coming in from Flak. And you're basically listening to everything. And that's actually the best connection because you can listen 360 degrees. You can hear everything that's going on around of you, whereas if you look someplace, you can only like connect to one or two people that are standing where you're looking. Now, how can people listen to your album, or better yet, buy it? It's available now on Bandcamp, of course, but also on Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon MP3. I mean, you can get this album, Quadruple Quadrature Questions. You can find that basically everywhere right now. To wrap up this episode of Experimental Theremin Music, here's an extended excerpt from Quadruple Quadrature Questions. This track is called Dream of the Bumblebee. You can hear the full-length version of this track on Bandcamp.
Thank you so much for joining me once again on Theremin 30. And thanks to this episode's featured artists, Eric Ross, Chris Conway, Peter Whitehouse, and my special guest, Andrew Levine. Be sure to click on their name links in this month's show notes. And as always, a special thanks to the listeners who support this podcast with small one-time or monthly donations. Until next time, I'm your host, Rick Reed. I'll see you again soon, somewhere in the ether. You've been listening to the Theremin 30 podcast. Visit Theremin 30 on the web at theremin30.com.